Hi, and welcome to The Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Melius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Danielle Lanzarata. Danielle Lanzarata is the author of young adult and new adult paranormal, fantasy, and contemporary novels, including The Sinners series, Academy of the Fallen series, Life Interrupted, and more. Danielle is the CEO and founder of Elysian Nightfall Studios, which is an audio and video post-production, brand development, and screenwriting services company. She's also the AV director and partner at The Audio Flow and a board member with Youth in the Booth. Writing and working with audiobooks and TV and film is her passion. She has undergraduate studies in digital cinematography, an MBA with a focus in marketing, specializing in brand development, and a certification in media communications. In addition to having worked on post-production for several audiobooks in diverse genres, she's also worked on Virginia-based short films as the second assistant director and still photographer. She enjoys watching hockey, playing rock band and guitar hero, traveling, and spending time with her husband, two daughters, and the family dog. Let's dive into the pond and meet Danielle. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you my friend and fellow author, Danielle Lanzarata. Danny, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So I would love to start with how did you get into writing? Mm, how did I get into writing? I think I always wrote since I was little, but um, at some point I had a really sucky job <laughs> and that became sort of an outlet. Uh, so that's how I started writing a little bit more. And then I actually watched the, uh, the Twilight movies. Um, well, the first one. And I hadn't read the other books yet. I'm like, I got to know what happens next. So I just became so addicted to the story. And uh, there were certain things that I would have done differently. And then I started writing a fan fiction which I'll never share with anyone, but, <laughs> but at that time, you know, I put it without my name on it. I put it out there on a the website and then I got about 10,000 readers within a couple of weeks. And then I just needed more. I'm like, okay, what if I had my own characters, my own character development, my own story. And that's how I started the first book. Oh, that is awesome. So that also was how you it sounds like that was part of your interest in the paranormal, because I know that yeah. your first set of books really uh, hover around paranormal and vampires in particular. So yeah. um, that's really, really cool. So then how do even if you ask me what is the first book that I remember reading as a kid, that would probably be Dracula. So <laughs> I've always liked that kind of stuff. Bram Stoker's Dracula. That is, <laughs> you know, it's amazing because a book like that. I've read it too. And it definitely has a, a nice creep factor to it. It's, it's well written, but it's, it's not written in today's style, but you can still feel that same creepy factor. And right. definitely makes it a classic. <laughs> <laughs> then how did you decide to narrow in on young adult then? I always enjoyed reading young adult because, you know, the, the first kiss, the first so many things. and it feels like with the character development, they put themselves out there so much more. Like they don't stop themselves like most adults usually do. Oh, I like that. I think that's a really cool way to look at that. I, 
hadn't really considered it from that angle. I think that's really, that's really cool. So is it hard then to shift for you into, to write from you know, a 16 year old, a 15 year old type of perspective, an 18 year old perspective? Not really. Uh, the hardest part is probably shifting from writing paranormal to human characters. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, with paranormal, you can explain just about anything with magic or some kind of paranormal elements. Now, when you get to the human stuff, you got to do all this research. <laughs> it just takes a lot more. You know, and that's a really good point. That's a really that's a really good point. So how do you go about character development then? It really just happens. <laughs> half of the time, well, more than half, really, the characters just take over. Like um, the, the book that's about to come out here next month, uh, Life Interrupted, um, the main character, Levi, he is not at all what I had planned. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome that you say that. So what would you advise to someone who is getting started in their writing career and they're finding that what they thought they were going to write or plan shifts because, like you said, a character's personality takes over or becomes stronger? How, what would you advise to them? Just go with it. Just let, let the characters take over because I have, you know, every time that this has happened to me, it, the story came out way better than what I had in my head. So... Oh, I love that. I think that's really cool. So how do you come through the plot development then? Because character development is super important, but how do you help to move them forward with a strong plot? Well, usually I, I don't outline unless it's a series and I'm like on the third or fourth book where you have to take in so many pieces into consideration. Um, usually I know like probably the beginning, middle and end. Like there are a few main key factors that, that I have in my head. Okay, this needs to happen. And the rest, I kind of just sit down and try to get them to that point. Even if your characters resist? Well, if they resist, you know, we adapt. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's really, really cool. Have you ever come across a situation when you're writing and it just doesn't feel like it wants to flow? Like you're, you feel stuck? Yeah. Yeah, I just write anyway. <laughs> well, is there something that you do to kind of get over that hump? Um, I feel like most of the times music helps with that. Usually when I'm stuck, it's probably because I'm, I have like a writing playlists. So if I'm stuck, most of the time it's because I'm not playing the right songs, if that makes sense. I can shift it. And if I find the, the right song, the story just flows. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cause it's adding to that feeling that you have that you're a part of. So it just yeah. amplifies that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually a weird thing, but uh, cutting the grass helps. <laughs> well, sometimes just doing because, something else. Yeah. Because it kind of like empties my head of everything and the story just kind of comes like I, I probably a week or two ago, I probably cut the grass about three times that week. And my neighbor was probably like, what is she doing? <laughs> that is awesome. But I mean, for me, sometimes it's cooking or it's. Um, it's definitely not cooking for me. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's cooking for me. And sometimes it's driving. Sometimes when I'm driving. I'm, yes. Yeah, I'm in the car and I'm doing something else. And then this idea will hit 
And if I can get my phone to voice record, then I will essentially babble it out in the car so that they yeah. capture that idea. And then it, I can do something with it at a later point. Yeah. I've had many moments where I had to park the car yeah. and just write stuff down. And eventually you kind of, you just find things that work for you. Yeah. I love, I love that. You have to even park and do that. Yeah. I've done that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. So to your point about writing paranormal and that creates a form of world building because there's, yes, you can use magic to, to do stuff, but you also want them to bump up against things that they can't do. Do you find it's more fun to write with the paranormal than with human characters? Um, they're both fun in their own way. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. They're just so different too. Uh, usually my paranormal stories tend to be darker <laughs> and my stories with human characters tend to be, you know, they, they have the drama element to it, but they're a lot lighter. So usually when I'm writing a story that's really, really dark, I kind of write the, the human stuff in between to kind of take a break. <laughs> so then you'll have multiple pieces of whip going on at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So is, do you find it a little challenging keeping the story straight? No, because they're just so opposite in every way. Very cool. Very, very cool. That's how I feel about my own whip as well as, as well as reading. I can read a few different things at the same time. Yeah. Not necessarily at the same time, but have a couple of books going and be able to keep up with all of the parts because they, I make sure that they are different like that. So let's talk about your, like you mentioned, your, your next human book. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you said that. That's great. So Life Interrupted, how did you come up with the name? I wanted to write something revolving around the, the pandemic, but with a positive light. So I figure, you know, with everything going on, everybody's lives is interrupted in one way or another. So that's how the title surfaced. So would you talk a little bit about what the plot is? Uh, the story is about uh, Levi Riley. Uh, Levi, he is a rock star. He's a troublemaker. <laughs> and uh, Riley is the opposite of him in every way. She is a dancer. That's all she knows. She has, ever since she was little, that's been her full focus. So when the pandemic hits, uh, they actually they get stuck quarantining together because her She's out of town right now. She's from South Carolina, but she's staying in New York at her teacher's house. Her teacher is Levi's mom. So at that point, uh, Levi is actually on house arrest <laughs> and um, they get stuck together. Very, very cool. So when you came up with the title and you, as you mentioned, you like had the characters in mind and an idea of where they might go. Uh, do you get the book, do you develop the book cover like almost immediately? Is that one of your first steps versus a latter step that might happen in somebody else's process? It's one of the first. I like having that cover to look at <laughs> when writing. It kind of, it's one of the inspirational tools that I use. I love that. So how do you know that that's the right cover as the story as, with the idea that you have and then what ends up happening? Does, has the cover ever changed for you? Just small elements here and there. Most of the times it stays the same. That is awesome. I think that's really, really cool. 
at least from my experience, it seems like it was right first and then the, yeah. the cover came, but I still had an idea about what it might be, but I didn't have it fully fleshed out, like having right. an actual mock-up, like what you were using. That's really yeah. cool. And there were times when I've seen a picture or a cover that was for pre-sale and I was like, I need to have this cover. I'll just write a story for it. <laughs> so there, there are times when it starts with the cover. That's really cool because then it gives you the, ins- it's, the inspiration is there and you know, you can figure out something from it. Yeah. That is awesome. So do you have a favorite genre you like to read? Um, all of them. <laughs> I, I like to read just about everything. Um, I, I really do love uh, young adult paranormal, um, really just about everything. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool because especially when you enjoy what you, what you read, you'll, you just can't help it. You kind of become like your own subject matter expert because you're, you see more, you're improving your writing more, you're getting, you're getting more familiar with that genre. And even in that industry element to see what's, what feels good to you. Yeah. So I've heard you say before that it takes a village. So would you talk a little bit about what that means? Because someone, so so our listeners are from various ranges from just starting out in their journey, or maybe they've had several books under their belt. Maybe they haven't even started, but they've got that inkling. Could you talk a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah, um, I have a whole team of people in place and they really help me from beginning to end. They cheer along the way, motivate me along the way. It's just so much more fun in the creative creative process to have the people near you commenting on the characters, on their decisions, um, and all of that. But I have uh, I have my copy editor, my developmental editor, which I'm talking to right now. <laughs> I have um, three beta readers. I have my PA who is also my beta reader. So, so would you talk about? how those different roles help you? So for my process in particular, and I know different authors have different processes, but I like to send them chapters as I write it. So with my developmental editor, it helps to add more um, more little things like, uh, you know, what are the characters wearing? Um, what are they doing? Just in case, you no, know, I overlook something. It's like, okay, maybe the reader would want to know that. It just helps my creative thinking along the way. With my content editor, it's the same thing. You know, she, she looks past the, the grammar stuff. She looks at that, but she also looks at, she makes little comments like, oh, this character is a douchebag, <laughs> that type thing. Um, same thing with the beta readers. They give me a more of an insight on how the, the readers or listeners, if they're listening to the audiobook, will react. Uh, and that's another reason why I like sending chapter by chapter, because I tend to end them in like little cliffhangers. So I get their full reaction for that chapter in particular, instead of like the whole set of chapters or half of the book. Or I think that's a really neat approach. How do you keep all of the, if that's all happening about the same time, then how do you keep all the feedback? you know, straight as it keeps coming through while you keep trying to move forward, obviously improving the writing, continuing the story. How do you keep all those pieces moving smoothly? 
Uh, that's actually the easy part because they're reading at the same time. So, and as I'm writing it, so I basically have three different word docs. So I have comments from both editors, one in each, and then from the beta readers in one. And then when I get to the end of the first draft, I go back to the beginning and I look at all three docs compared to the master file that I have basically, and just make the changes along the way. So if someone was listening and they were trying to figure out how to create their own village so that they had these people in their life who were encouraging them, building them up, what would you recommend? Like, how did you know who were the right people to bring into your world in this way? Because writing a, a story is still very personal, no matter. It is. It is. With my first book, <laughs> my first book was actually a different story because I didn't tell most people until I was done writing it. And when I finished, there was a lot of, uh, especially family, family is fun. <laughs> there was a lot of feedback like, are you crazy? What are you doing? And are you really going to do this? And, you know, this is not a real job type thing. I know most authors hear that, so they'll, they'll relate. <laughs> but, and that's why I didn't tell anybody until the book was done, because I didn't want any of that feedback getting to me before, you know, okay, I'm ready to go anyway. So whatever you say, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> so for that one, I didn't have anybody through, throughout the writing process. When I finished writing, that's when I chose a few close friends to, to read it. But even then, I had like the word doc password protected and all kinds of things <laughs> now I'm just like here <laughs> uh, but yeah I just I found the right people along the way my one of my editors well both of my editors are good friends uh, one of them I met her actually in high school and she was at first she was a beta reader and I told her you know you're really good at this kind of feedback how do you feel about taking this role so a couple of books in, that's when she became my editor. So th that. those are just people that I found along, along the way and it just felt right when you know, you know. I think that's really cool though. And especially when you're first starting in that, on the author journey, whether it's your first book or maybe you've had your first two or three books out, but you're still getting that, that rhythm and that system in place. I mean. I think it really is important to have some people around you who build you up. They can also help with blind spots, but they're doing it in a way that is encouraging and kind and because they want the best for you, not because they're trying to tear you down and see it as competition because it's not a yeah. competition. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think this might not necessarily be a fair question to ask an author, especially one who's written so many books, but I'm going to ask anyway and see what happens. Do you have a favorite book? That is not a fair question. Uh, <laughs> they're all my favorites. <laughs> but um, I always say my most favorite is probably the one that I'm working on at the time. Yeah, I can totally understand that. And I totally get the answer because I feel the same <laughs> way. It's like, no, I don't have a favorite because they all are because they're all special to me and they're, they're individual reasons. So yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand that answer. I just had to ask anyway. <laughs> so do you do a specific kind of research or do you do research when uh, I know you mentioned a little bit in the, for the human world pieces, but what kind of research do you mean? Like, how do you go about that? 
So I saved all the research for after the first draft is done. So my first one, you'll see little notes like uh, look into this or make sure this is right. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't interrupt the, the, the writing process on the first go. I have done research on uh, names, like with uh, the Fallen Angels books, for example, uh, because, you know, they were super old characters. <laughs> I, I looked up actual, you know, angel names, um, things in history, mythology, Bible, and all of those things. I've had to Google before how to uh, attack someone with a dagger without killing them. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Proof to be mindful of your Google searches. And <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How, how, yeah. I think the exact search was how to pierce someone with a dagger without hitting any major organs. <laughs> And then uh, for, for Levi uh, in Life Interrupted, it was interesting too because he is in Italy when he's arrested. So I had to do a lot of research on uh, laws and um, house arrest and how the ankle monitors work. <laughs> so it's always interesting. Well, I, but I think that's important when you want to, when you want the book to feel real, when you want that story to feel plausible really and and I think that that's important so yeah now I'm curious I know that you have a great background in marketing and branding so how do those elements come into play with your writing uh, it's more on the business side of being an author that they come into play uh, you know the, the author logo make sure that the covers are branded so they have like the same uh, type of fonts, the same uh, vibe throughout the whole series. So you can actually tell that the books, you know, is a part of a set series. Do you have some suggestions for helping authors or for authors to think about as they are building their own social platforms? If they're building it, if they haven't released a book yet, because it, and that's one of the things that a lot of people uh, should consider is a lot of people will will release the book and then they'll think about the marketing after marketing and branding when they really should be thinking about that stuff before and go ahead and start building that platform and have it ready and have a fan base before the first book is officially out. So then it basically it's creating the interest so that you're sharing it to a, a, a room and a yes. fan base. I mean, it's relative, but because if you think about it, a full coffee shop is about 30 people. And that's really cool. You can, you can have a full coffee shop, but you might also want to have, you know, three coffee shops full or even more right. than that. So the more effort you're putting in to talk about what you're doing, because you're excited about what you're doing, the better that is. So how would you encourage an author who might not have gone about the book process? They might've written their book first and then shared it. And maybe they want to try out this approach where they talk about it first, they get more conversations about it first while they're working on the book or getting it together. That might feel a little scary for someone. How would you help them through that? Or what would you suggest that they get through that? Well, there are so many groups um, on social media, especially on Facebook for uh, groups of authors where you, you can get in there and network and ask advice and people were there, you know, ready to help. 
Uh, but definitely invest if you can in uh, the right people to have that stuff set up for you, especially, you know, with cover designs, for example. Um, I've seen authors who didn't have a lot to invest in the, the writing business at first. So they put the book out with a cover that's not as pleasing as it could be, and it ends up hurting the sales, really. Uh, so, you know, that's one of the most important things to invest on. Um, yeah. So just, you know, have the right people in place to help you. I like that you point out that this is a business because sometimes it's easier to focus on the creative side and not fully be, feel like you can handle or appreciate the business side. Do you have some suggestions for how someone could start to feel comfortable that way? Like owning their role as a, as, as a business owner and and an entrepreneur, if you will, or but as a business owner and as a writer? Um, again, uh, the, the Facebook groups, I think, would really help uh, in that aspect because the authors there that have released, you know, more than one book and have already been through that, they know the things they have to have in place, uh, the things they're going to help you get to where you need to be. Yes, you're writing a book. You may be writing it for fun, but it's still costs money to produce it and especially if you want to make a career out of it you know you want to make sure that you have a return on your investment and more so yeah just you know ask questions and I think that is I think that's right because like you know to your point it is asking questions and, and it's building that community that you are that you're a part of and you're contributing to because there are things that you've experienced and you can encourage someone else, even if you don't realize that you have, and also others pouring into you. It's, it's a, a way to grow individually and collectively too. So when you are working on multiple whips, do you tend to move through them? Like, are they all in different phases of their, of their process? So for instance, everyone is at, at some form of their first draft or some are in the first draft, some are in second drafts, some are like the, like the staggering effect or are they all in various stages of the first draft? They're all in various stages of the first draft. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and I tend to switch back and forth until I get to a certain point where either it's far along enough in the story where I'm like, okay, now I need to focus just on this one and finish and then go back to the other. Or it could be like a deadline thing. I know I have a deadline approaching. So I'm like, okay, now it's time to switch and just focus on this one. So you mentioned something earlier about series. For each of the series that you have, did you know they were going to be a series? Yeah. Have you ever had a standalone turn into or turn into (laughs) a series? all the time <laughs> uh with uh sudden hope for example sudden hope was supposed to be one book and that uh, ended up having a sequel um but yeah i just get attached to the characters and then <laughs> it just happens but i like that because it also means that there was more of their story to tell just like in real life i mean there's more of our own journey that's happening and we have another we all have you know, that next chapter, you know, in that way. So yeah, Yeah. I can totally understand how that would be. So when you are working on a series and you know, it's a series, I know you mentioned that there's a midway point that you really start looking at structuring. So, you know, all the piece parts, how they're coming in. 
but do you start out on a series in the same way, like almost of a, a bigger story arc versus each book having their own arc? Yeah, I, I know where, where the series is going to go, basically. So when I start writing it, I kind of have an idea of how many books there are going to be in it uh, based on that. And then do you, so do you, I'm going to call it plotting, you know, do you plot out or plan it out a little bit more so that you know just about what's going to happen in the first book and which characters are or aren't going to be introduced? And then instead of breaking it down necessarily by chapter by chapter by chapter, do you do something like that where you Um, break it down? The same thing. No, I don't break it down that much. Um, It's basically the same setup as with one book where I have a general idea. Okay, these are the main events that are going to happen on this book. Uh, The only thing is that with series, it's so much easier because with book one, you already know the character so well that for the other ones, you kind of just throw situations at them and you know how they're going to react because of their personality. You know, that's really cool to hear you say that. I wondered if it would be easier because I've written a series, but my series was, they were still essentially standalone. They're, the series owns the, they have the same characters who show up, but they have each story is unto itself with the beginning and an end, and you don't have to read them in order. But the, the series that you write, you do need to read them in order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's another thing to like, uh, for example, with the Sinner series, uh, it wasn't supposed to go like that either. <laughs> My plan was for um, each book to be specifically by a particular character so that you could read them as a standalone. And now yeah, you still have that vibe, but you have the main story arc that carries out through the books. Very cool. Very, very cool. I, I love that you have so many, so many pieces, so many different ways to, that you have created stories between, goodness, Academy of the Fallen, and that's a series, the, is it Imprinted Souls? Imprinted Souls, yeah. Sudden Hope and Catch Me If I Fall, and then the, the Sinner series. I know you've written uh, some short stories, uh, The Lost Souls. Yeah, Lost Souls. Mm-hmm. And Life Interrupted. <laughs> I'm super excited about this book coming out. Super Thanks. excited for you. So where can people connect with you and where can they find your books? Uh, they can connect me. Everything is at Daniel Lanzarote, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> uh, paperbacks are available through my website, sign, uh, and also everything available through Amazon. And uh, also audible for audiobooks. Ooh, very cool about the audiobooks. Very, very cool. Okay, so now that you have said that, you have inspired one more question then. <laughs> so for audiobooks, how did you how did you even get that part moving? That actually progressed along the way. Uh, eventually, I started working with uh, my partner, which she, she owns the audio flow, um, and we do audiobook production. And uh, I do most of their post-production. So I work with audiobooks already in different facets. But it's just completely different experience from my first book to the more recent ones. Uh, On the first ones, I didn't know much about audiobooks. Um, I just put it up on the website called ACX, 
where you can find narrators and uh, they will send auditions and you hire them and it goes from there. Uh, with the audio flow, uh, Jock, which is the owner, she's like a casting whisperer. She can, <laughs> it, it's crazy because you tell her what the story is about and she knows exactly which narrator needs to be and they just, they are the character. Oh, I love it. I think that's awesome. So I think that's fantastic because it opens up more doors. It opens yeah. up more ways for your book to be consumed and the character to come to life in another way. So yeah, and it's such a fun industry too because you know you're listening to them narrated the story, and I, I can't read my own books, but I can listen to them. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but <laughs> but yeah, and it's such a fun experience listening to it. It's kind of like you know, really, you're imagining the movie as you listen. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. So where can people connect with you again? Okay. Um, social media, it's at Daniel Lanzarada for everything. Uh, website, same thing. And they can get their your books through the signed copies through the website. And you said Amazon, I believe? Amazon and Audible. And Audible. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Danny. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.